Okay. So, so we learned about the um, we learned about the divine will, right? And the divine will, its relationship to the side of holiness, right? Is that he faces towards the holiness, and the divine will to the sitrachar turns its back, right? And we said that turning the back means being involved to the extent needed, but resenting it, right? Despising, right? Hatred. Whereas face is that you are engaged, you find value, you are um, connecting. Right? And we spoke about how it corresponds to the side of holiness has this bittle, this attachment and devotion to Hashem, wants to be closer, whereas the Kleep would prefer Hashem to stay far away, except that they need something from Hashem. Okay. So we are now on the right-hand column. The paragraph says, now the supernal will. Now, the supernal will of the quality of countenance is the source of life which animates all the worlds. Okay. What does that mean? That there's a supernal will. What? There's a supernal will. The supernal will, yeah. The source of life. <laughs> it's the source of life, yeah. What does that mean, it's the source of life? It um, begins the whole life. It's like moving on to life. Gives, gives it's source and life? That's what it says? No. Of life. It's it the is source, source of life. Of life. Yeah. Which moves all the world. Which animates all the world. Is yeah. the source animating the world or the life is? What? Well, the life is animating the world. No, the supernal will is... Animating life. Oh, wait. The supernal will is the source of the life. Of the life. Animates animates life. Oh. So the life is what animates the world? Or the no. supernal will is what animates the world? Supernal will. Through the channel of the life. Through the channel of the life? No. <laughs> what is the channel of life? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're all no, intelligent no, women. No. <laughs> if, I mean, except for that one over there. No, but. <laughs> that was just for the internet people. <laughs> Which one? I actually pointed at the ceiling. <laughs> we'll see how many people turn off the recording. <laughs> okay. Um, no, pretend I'm not here and actually try to understand it for a minute. Yeah. No. Okay, this is not live because meaning not live animates all worlds because if it was live that animates all worlds, it would be it would be saying that not which. That's what <laughs> no, I think that it's, it's no. Which is like grammatically incorrect if you're talking about life. What? <laughs> it's like the supernal will is animating all worlds. It could just it's be like the source of life. And it's the supernal will of the quality of countenance is the source of life. What is she saying? Which like. If, if it would be that, that would make sense life that animates all the worlds. But supernal will, which animates So you're saying the... So which means the well, supernal the will. Yes, exactly. The way that God interact is giving life to that, the holy creations. But the supernal will is what animates all the worlds. Yeah. Okay. Life is- we'll come back to this in a moment. We will. Trust me. But since it in no way is bestowed on the Sitra Akhra, and even the so-called hinder part of the supernal is not actually clothed in it, but merely hovers on it from above. Therefore, it is the boat of death and defilement. May God preserve us. Okay. So, 
What is it saying about Sitrachra, about the Klippa? They know I get life. Yeah. They don't get life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then how do they exist? Uh-huh. They don't get life, you said? I didn't say that. They don't get life, they steal life. That's not what it says. It says they don't get life at Does all. Does that mean they don't death. exist? Yeah, the Klippa doesn't exist? Yeah. No, it's very real. No. It doesn't exist. It feels like it exists. It feels like it exists. That's what I'm saying. It feels like it exists, but it doesn't. It doesn't have life. Is that what I'm trying to say? What's life? The source. The opposite of that all. The opposite of death. Yeah. What's death? That is not no 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 you are no I will give you one freebie no no you can you can it it is perfectly valid to define one thing as the opposite of the other as long as you don't then go back and do it in the reverse that's meaningless right because if you understand what something is and you understand that in some way there is an opposite to it then that helps you understand the other thing but you can't define two things as being opposite of each other gets you nowhere. Yeah. You mean main because it has a secondary source? Well, us, we have, like, our neshama lives us forever. Our physical body can cut off blood, like, when your heart is not pumping. And if your heart is pumping, that means you're alive? Um, physically, yes. But you could be, like, not, like... But no, because your soul enlivens your body. Well, life can mean two different things. It can mean, like, the ability to persist, and it can also mean the ability for something to... Be, like thriving, yeah. like feel alive. Feel alive. So, what's that? So, this plastic persists over time. So, in the first meeting, it's alive. Yes, you agree? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, in the first meeting, no. do you universe? agree? In yeah. the first meeting. Yeah, so, this is alive in the sense that the plastic persists over time. Yeah, no. Yes. 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 And that's not alive. We don't say alive. No, in the no, sense that it's alive. That's just a made up definition. I am asking you a serious it's question. Bad. Do you want to th- do you want to use that meaning of life? No. Do you want to back away from that? Yeah. Okay, so fine. So this is not a life. Okay, now what was the second definition? The ability to feel alive. Feels alive. So when a person is on like a is a person is like on a you know a heavy drug experience and they feel like, oh man, it's so awesome, then they're like really living. Yes? No, okay, so both of your definitions have failed, right? Yeah. The fact that something persists over time, you're not willing to call that in and of itself life. Let me finish. You're not willing to call that in and of itself life. Mm-hmm. And you're also not willing to reduce life to a purely subjective experience. Right. So I ask you again, what is life? Things change? When things grow and change? The ability to grow and change. Okay. Does God grow? No. Does God change? No. Is God alive? Yes. What does alive mean? I don't know. I'm asking you. But just to throw some scripture at you, uh, um, we say Elohim Chaim, the living God, right? He's called the living God, right? To be able to, to... Feel yourself? To feel yourself. It's metaphor- metaphorically alive. God's metaphorically alive? Um, no. The one thing is that God is metaphorically alive? We're metaphorically alive. He's, he's alive. 
Why do you think? Why do you insist on saying he's metaphorically alive? Because, like, in our physical world, we can't see him. And like, one second. Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you, can you see in your physical world human reasoning, human emotion? No. Do you call those things metaphor? No. No, but like, you, okay. like, you could call someone like they're like exactly like metaphor, like they're dull, they're dead, like you know they're physically alive, like. Like, why is that metaphor? I'm asking you why that's metaphor. Because, like, they're technically alive, but they're just not full of life. So what is... The, you're still not helping me. Well, okay, I'm going to give you an example of a metaphor, okay? Yeah. Okay? My wife is a rose. That's a metaphor. Right. We all know what a rose is? Yeah. Yes. You met my wife? Yes. Is she a rose? Yes. <laughs> no. And, um, metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, but you see, so that's a metaphor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I say my children are cute, right? Mm-hmm. Cuteness is not a physical thing, right? But it's not a metaphor. Like, the word means something. It just doesn't mean a physical thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm asking you again. Is your neshama alive? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it physical? No, no. So, physical, like, alive doesn't necessarily have a physical connotation. So, I grant that if you were to say, like, Hashem is our rock, then, like, maybe you could say that's a metaphor. Because, by the way, we do say that. Because, like, a rock, that's a physical thing. But alive is not even, forget Hashem, it's not even something that we obviously think is physical. So again, what is life? In biology, it's when cells are there. Is that wrong to like think of biology? Like, I just remember... You, can do, it every, you can do whatever you want. The one rule that we're going to have life. is that whatever you do, you're going to have to defend what you say. And it's going to have to be coherent. Life so I'm going to put about, holes in it. Life is about being able to animate and about being able to be animated. Meaning... What does animate mean? Animated is word. giving life. No, but... <laughs> you can't use the word and explain what it is. You know, being rich is about, you know, having the ability to give money. What's money? It's the thing rich people give. <laughs> That's an Can I go definition online? Life gives no. Life is the ability to do things. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that means something. Good. We have a definition. I think it's coherent. Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, One second. That. Wait. Let's check. Can God do things? Yes. Check mark. Good. <laughs> Can the soul do things? Yes. Good. Can the body do things? Yes. Only in as much as? The soul is there. Okay. So that seems good because we think of the soul enlivening the body. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Okay. We're doing good so far. Okay. Can the Klippa do things? Yes. No. No? Okay, I'm asking you. Can the cause do things? It's, it's a, um, what's the word? An illusion that it could, but it can't. It can't? Yeah. So have you ever sinned? Probably. <laughs> so, so did your Yitzhahara exert some kind of influence on you? I didn't say made you sin. You still free will. That's not what I'm talking about. But Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, for instance... There's a lot of things you would never purchase if there was no advertising in the world. Granted, you have free will not to purchase them, but if they were never advertised, you wouldn't have an awareness of it, a desire for it, and the yeah. purchase would have for sure never happened. Yeah. So the Eitzar clearly has an effect on you, yes? yes. Okay. Is the Eitzar a klipa? Oh, yes. Can it do stuff? Yes. Is it alive according to the text? No. 
We have a problem? Go back. What is life? Yeah, you can say something. I did get really tall. Computers could do things. What? Computers could do things that are not alive. Um, I would actually disagree that computers actually don't do things. But because we've already dispensed of this definition, we don't have to have that discussion. I know, but in as much as they have souls in them. Bodies without souls don't do things. What was that? You are right that you are right that that not all changes can be considered doing. If I was going to make that argument, fine. But we don't have to have the discussion. It's already failed. So God doesn't isn't alive because he doesn't love God back. Why doesn't he not love God back? He doesn't love himself? Because we're not Catholics and we don't believe that God has multiplicity within himself. And in order to have any self-referential experiences, you have God to have multiplicity within your psyche. God is above is it just being something alive. He's above being alive? Yeah. No, he's not. It says, it, says, it says that he's oh, Elohim Chaim. He's the living God. Um, are flowers alive? What? Are flowers alive? I like that question. <laughs> I like that question. That was smart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are flowers? Wait. Flowers are alive. Flowers are. Flowers are alive. But Hashem doesn't have cells, and he's alive or dead. Are you asking me, are, are asking me, are rocks alive? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. rocks are alive. What? Oh, yeah. Because Well, here's the problem, because if you're going to say things exist, what about the klipa? It exists. Things that can live on their own? Like, no, one second, one second, one second. Things oh, live on their own? No. I thought that was God, it's the soul yeah, one who gets that, that, yeah, no. Nobody else gets that job, right? This is hard, isn't it? If you cut yeah, it off, yeah, yeah. Yeah. when you cut it off, it's considered dead. It's cut off from the life source. When it's still in the ground, connected to something, it's alive. Yeah, but you see, the problem is you're just saying that it's alive by virtue of being connected to a source of life. You still haven't told me what life is. Right? Yeah. Like, a river is flowing in as much as it's connected to the source of the river, right? But... I don't necessarily, so that, that principle exists in many things, but a river and life are not, I don't think, a river flowing and life, I don't think are the same thing. I mean, they may have similar qualities that we could use one as maybe a metaphor for the other. Can it just be God himself, life? God, God just be himself, life? Um, are the worlds God? Yeah. No, they're not. The no, God is no. God. God, God is not. God, is, God creates the worlds. That's not going to work. Whatever Hashem puts inside his, like, his, like, spirit, whatever that's what's considered alive. Whatever Hashem puts his spirit in? Yeah, whatever Hashem Hashem made this world, and he made it alive. Anything that he doesn't want to exist, which is considered dead, but exists, but is not alive. That was a, yeah. seems to indicate that Klepa exists, but is not alive. Hashem chose to put some energy inside. But the Klepa is alive. Because there's no way to elevate No, let's read the text again. 
Now, the supernal will of the quality of the countenance is the source of life which animates all the worlds. Question mark is the source of life animating the world, or is the life which is the, which is the source of animating the world? We haven't resolved that. But since it is no way bestowed on the sitra even though the so-called even the so-called hinder part of the supernal is not actually clothed in it, but merely hovers ab- over it from above. Question mark. What all that means? Therefore, it is the abode of death and defilement. May God preserve us. So life is having that. Supernal. Yes. But what is life? I, I don't know. <laughs> Can I ask you? Sure. What is life? <laughs> What's that? It's easier. Death is that which is devoid of life. But that's that one's easy. No, but that, that's why we're No, no, I didn't say, no, I, she asked me the easy question. Death is what's but devoid of life. I know, now, but what's life? <laughs> Okay. No, because you, when you said what is life, and I said, I said, oh, it's what it's the opposite of death. And then you said what's death. I couldn't answer. Okay. What's logic? But is there a logical? One second. One second. You asked. Let's see. What, yeah. I think before we, I think it's important to actually think it through that it's, it sounds like a source of life, but if you stop thinking, what are we saying, right? The idea right. Of, of Chabad Hasidus, unlike, say, the Kabbalah I just read, is you're really supposed to try to understand it. <laughs> Whereas the Kabbalah has written a lot of symbolic language, right? <laughs> That's why I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, life is his holiness. No, can we? So here's the thing. Number one, it is very difficult to talk about God. We're going to start with analogies. Okay. Second thing, it is very hard to define things in a very precise way, okay. even if you really know what they are. It is often better to find elements that help distinguish it from other things. Okay. So in other words, if I ask you for a formal definition of a circle, you all know what a circle is, right? Yeah. What's a for, give me a precise formal definition of a circle. It doesn't have an end of a round shape. Everything is equally apart from the middle. A shape from the beginning or end of the middle. Yes. Those aren't definitions. Those are actual of a circle. Those are, yeah. The actual definition of a circle, to be precise, is a locus of points in two-dimensional plane that are all equidistant from some other fixed point. Now, because all of the things that you said, I could actually satisfy them and it technically wouldn't be a circle. Okay. Okay? Sure. Now, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, actually creating a formal, precise definition of something is not easy. Right, but if I started to ask you other questions, which is how would you differentiate a circle from other things? So you'd say, well, circles are round, they don't have corners. Well, that already is pretty helpful, right? Okay. There's like, a, like every, the sequel, everything in circles is equal distance from the center, right? You could start doing that type of stuff, right? Then I might challenge you, what about a globe? You say, well, a circle's kind of like flat, right? Okay. So let's start differentiating things which can be called life, at least in as much as we want to talk about within the analogy of life, rather than we're talking about true life in some ultimate sense. Because remember, whatever we mean by life had some meaning before we read the text. So maybe we need to understand the deeper sense and realize that maybe some of the things we thought were life were not really life, but the word still has to mean something. Let's start with it. Okay, so we're gonna actually contrast first light and life. Light and life. These are two different things. So we're going to need examples. Okay? The example for life is the soul and the flesh. Do you like the word flesh? No. Do you know what? Why don't you like the word flesh? It's gross. It's gross. That's why I used it. Because what I want you to understand is that absent the soul, it's just a lump of flesh. Let us describe flesh. Yes, so this is for life. Let's describe flesh. Well, 
Flesh just kind of sits there. It tends to be cold. Okay? I mean, unless the ambient temperature is warm, but otherwise it tends to be cold. Um, and it starts to decompose and rot. Yeah, that's a pretty, you know, good description of flesh. Okay. Also, by the way, if you cook it before it starts rotting, it might taste good. <laughs> good. So we got, our, we got our sense of flesh very clearly. Okay, now. Now we're going to talk about light. So for light, we're going to use the sunlight and a room with a window. Now, let's talk about the room. If the window is completely closed, so the sunlight can't get in, then the room is dark. Right? Let's describe dark. No, describe it. Describe it. You cannot see anything. You can't see anything. Right? So, right, which means your only knowledge of your environment in the dark is either you physically are touching it or things are making noise that you have to infer what that noise, what's causing the noise, right? Yeah. Whereas, okay, good. So far, so good. How is that describing That's describing darkness. That's what darkness is, right? When it's, when it's totally oh, dark. So, so now, just add, so now let's, and now let's add the life and the light to the picture. When you have the soul in the flesh, is it cold to the touch, generally? No. Is it just sitting there? No. No, it moves. Is there something moving it and pushing it? I'm asking you. Like, 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 like this cup, it's moving because I'm holding it, right? Mm-hmm. These tissues... Is that what's happening to the flesh when when you get up? And is there something like those strings like picking you up and like some no. little motor pushing you? No, the flesh is moving itself, right? right? So that's interesting. The flesh moves itself, um, and um, does it decompose? No. Rot? No. In fact, what if some kind of injury happens to the flesh? It heals itself or does its best attempt to do so. So the flesh with the with the light with the soul is like totally different, right? Let's now contrast that with the light. If you take the light and you open the window, now there's light in the room. Can you see the room? Yes. Okay. How? What way is the room different? It's not. Just that you it's see. not. You are different. Right. Your experience of the room is different, right? You now have awareness of the room that you didn't have before, but the room hasn't changed at all. So what is the difference between light and life? That light does not change anything. Light does not change what it, it is shining on. What it is shining on may be experienced entirely differently because of the light, but it has remained unchanged. So Whereas life... Another sense, it alters added. Yeah, right. So light allows you to see things in a different way, experience them in a different way, but the things remain as they were before, mm-hmm. right? For instance, if you go to a wise person and with a problem, they may shed new light on the problem. They haven't changed the problem. They haven't even solved the problem, but they cause you to see the problem in a new way, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's light, as opposed to life has the quality that it actually alters, alters and changes things. Good? Yeah. Okay. Is that a definition of life? No, that's a quality. But it's a quality that differentiates life from light. Okay, now. Now we're going to differentiate life from something else. We're going to differentiate life from power. Okay, so we're gonna use the same thing. Remember, remember our analogy for for life: flesh with a soul, flesh without a soul. Yeah. Very different. Okay, mm-hmm. flesh without a soul, no life. Flesh with a soul, 
Guess life. Okay. Um, power in the walls? <laughs> like, now we need an example for power. That's a kind of power, but I don't want to use that power because it's, it's less relatable. What? No. No. Like, we're going to... Um... Can I have one of your index cards, please? Actually, no, no, no. I don't want your index cards. Those are two. Do you have a piece of paper? A piece of paper is better. But you're not getting it back. Okay. There's words on it. That doesn't. No, I want thinner paper, sorry. The thinner paper is better. Yeah. You'll see. Okay. That doesn't matter. Okay. So, power. Um, power changes things. Just like. What changes things else? Life. Life. You're saying, like. Like power, like as a verb, like someone has power. Right. So no, no, no. Well, I, no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, there's this thing called power. Force. I'm using the word power for a reason. Okay. And power, right? When when you have power, things are different. Right. So, for instance, this piece of paper. It arrived in one piece, right? Mm-hmm. And now it is not in one piece, right? That is an exercise of power. The power has changed the paper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay? Power causes things to change. Just like life does. Just like life does. Okay, now. Power is not like life, though. What was this when I got it? Paper. It was paper. It was paper. It's still paper, right? Right? I, the paper is different, right? Now it's... And that's a different shape, right? Mm-hmm. Different things are happening to the paper, right? But it's still paper, oh, but it's still paper right? Um, now, here's the interesting thing. What is causing the paper to change? Power. Power. Describe the power, please. The human intellect. Describe it. Creative. Like, power can produce. One second. The power is creative? Or is the power. one you... One second. I'm asking you a question. The power is creative... Or is the one using the power creative? And here's, here's what I mean. Wait, wait, wait. Because the power is making the paper to change. Is any actual creativity itself interacting with the paper? No. 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 Okay, so maybe I am creative and I am using my power creatively. But so what? Describe the power. Again, I would like you to describe the power. Okay, one second. That is good. It's forceful. Why would you use the word forceful? Good. This is my example of power. Okay, but is every kind of thing that every fact always forceful? For instance, if I have a conversation with you, and um, you come to an you come to some different opinion as a result of our conversation, I don't think we would describe that as use of force, would we? It's choice in a negative way. No. So, but why use force here? I agree with you. This is this is forceful. I am being forceful. Um, but I think that even by no, no, I have to go back. Go back to this. You use force. I think. I think it's. I think describing power as force as forceful is a good description of power. Why is that? Why is that a good description? Something from something in which has a soul can. What role is the paper playing? It's just obedient. Right. The, the, well, I, even obedience is the wrong word, right? Yeah. The, 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 the paper, right, 
is actually resisting everything I'm doing, right? And it's only, and, and it's only doing, it's only changing in as much as I can make it change, right? It's not cooperating in any with what's happening, right? Yeah. Right. When we have a conversation, right? Um, you're participating, and so the changes that occur can't really be viewed as me forcing you to do or to think something, right? Now we might want to make some gradations in there, okay? So the power is forceful. What else can we describe about the power? Transformative. Well, we already said that. It has an effect on things. What else? It's in motion. It's in motion, right. Because it, 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 it's, it's interacting with the thing, right? It's dependent on something else. What's it dependent on? A light source. Uh, someone using the power. Okay, fine. But anything else? Um, I think that, like, if you would have, like, touched the paper lightly, like, nothing would have happened, and, like, nothing significant would have happened. And Good. Stop. <laughs> right? The effect, right? The effect that the power has, the change the power makes, right, is depends on how the power is used, right? There's this notion of it having to be utilized. So, for instance, this kind of use of power, <laughs> right? <laughs> is very different than just that use of power, right? That requires less creativity, right? Requires less precision, right? Okay, but now notice that you're describing the power in action. Now I want you to describe the power. So there's the power I use to make this, right? Where was that power before I... I... While touching it. No, where was it before I started? So now describe my power as it is now. Describe it. It's doing nothing. Not action. It's that. It's like, like Describe <laughs> the power. It's doing nothing. It's the same thing. It's forceful. It's not forceful. It's, for, it's not forceful. Then it's not no. power. Meaning. Is, no is, is it forceful? No. no. Is it it's being, is, is, it, is it in motion? Is it being no. utilized in a specific no. way? No. It okay. Potential. Oh, right. We have to, right. We now have to think of the power, right, purely as potential. Right? You know, you can only really describe the power when it's being actualized. actualized, but it's its actual state. You have no sense of it. You just realize that it exists in some sense. You have to give it this fancy word called potential. Now, I would like you to describe this. That has no potential. Describe it. it no, it's actualized. It's a bird. It's a bird. <laughs> and it moves, right? It can move. It, 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 its wings flap. Yeah. Yeah. Now, notice, isn't that interesting? The thing that made the paper into the shape of this little paper crane, right? You can only describe it in as much as it's acting on the paper, and in of itself, you can't really describe it at all. But you can describe the paper very well. Yeah. So they're like nothing alike, right? Yeah. The power, right, and the effect of the power, right. Are nothing alike. Yeah. Now, even though there's some kind of correlation, because again, how you use your power determines the effect, yeah. right? And the power is kind of imposing itself on the thing that it's infecting, right? Okay, now let's go back to your soul and your body. Okay. Your body is the paper. Describe your soul. Your soul is the power. An unconditional um, connection. Without, without anything religious. Without talking about the body. What are we talking about? Describe your soul. The soul the the soul religious has a potential. Without using potential. Describe it. The, the describe actual, just like, like, describe, okay. 
Describe yourself and don't make any reference to your body and don't use any religious words. Can you do that? Can you? I said with no reference to the body and no religious words. I just want. That's good. The soul is desirous. Yes, what else? Don't use the word life. That's the thing we're trying to discuss. <laughs> yeah, desire. What else? Will. Will. What else? Power things. Powerful. Potential. What? Force. Forceful. So it can be forceful. Yeah. Moving and animating. I have no references to the body, please. No, but it's... Explain to me, animating I'm not giving you because that's just a fancy word for enlivening and that's the thing we're trying to discuss. Movement I'll grant you if you can subscribe what you mean by movement without reference to the body. Dependent. Feelings. Feelings, yeah. I mean, you definitely feel stuff, right? Dependent. Dependent? Like it can't be Let's leave that one alone. We can't even agree on that yet. Um, does, the soul, does, does the soul have memory? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a, really? Yeah. I mean, do you, one thing. You have memory. Yeah, that's true. Is the memory the flesh? No. no. So then it's a feature of. Okay. okay. So. <laughs> Everything. Thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Speech. Well, Speech. Any form of movement. <laughs> now, I want, now I'm going to ask you a question. Why is this harder than the paper print? It's not physical. Because it turns out that everything you're describing about your soul actually does manifest in some way in your body. body. And so, I actually was being nice to you. For instance, yes, it's true that emotions are things you experience. They're not really flesh on its own does experience emotion. But I want you to imagine for a moment that you're feeling very emotional and then you breathe very deeply, slowly. One second. And so your heart rate really slows down. Are you still emotional? No. So it turns out your emotionality has some physical right. aspect to it, right? Um, your memory? Oh, memory. Like, flesh doesn't remember. The soul remembers, yeah. Um, except what happens with brain injuries and old age. So what do we see about life vis-a-vis... What do you see about life vis-a-vis the flesh that's different from, say... They're really inter... Intertwined. They're intertwined. intertwined yes. <laughs> They're intertwined in a way that the power is not intertwined. Right? Right. It's not, in fact, I would say life is not forceful on the body. Life is, life is transformative of the body so that the body actually becomes more intertwined with the so, soul. So life is your soul. So life is the quality, or life is a quality of interaction where, some, where one thing is changing something else, unlike light, right? The light doesn't change the thing it shines on, right? But it also does it through engaging and intertwining with it rather than simply being something external that forcefully and, and, and in a very removed way acts on it. When I throw a ball through the air, I'm not enlivening the ball. I'm using my power. Okay? Now, would you like a good marriage? Yeah. Okay, it's your choice. You don't have to have one. Um, a good marriage should primarily have which dynamic? Light, life, or power? Light, no. 
I said primarily. Primarily? Life. So let's think about it. What would, what would a marriage that is primarily a light dynamic look like? doesn't change anything. It's just like... That oh, who you are has no effect on who he is. And who he is has no effect on... Even though your experiences of life are different because the other person is present. That's a kind of a marriage, right? Okay. Okay. What would a power marriage be like? Well, well, that would mean one person is trying to get the other person to, to be dipped to, to change and become different, and that usually does not work unless one side. Oh, no, unless unless one unless unless one side um, has the ability to use enough power, and the other side doesn't have the power to fight back or alternatively they find different areas where to exert power over each other uh, yeah. and consider the whole thing mutually beneficial so um, life. but life would be what life would be that you're your own thing but you're that you're you right that somehow right somehow you intertwined and so there's a sense of togetherness and usness that is formed because there's some of your husband in you and and that means that like he is not exclusively himself and you're not exclusively yourself, right? Even though you're not identically the same thing. Any more than the soul is identically the same thing as a body. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, that's a certain dynamic, a certain way of one thing engaging another, right? So now let's think about, like, say, take this in the context of, of teaching. What would teaching be like in the context of, if you're using a, a light dynamic of teaching? That you're just wanting them to have you're not just you don't want them. Your students are not going to change. See the same thing. Can, like, and they can just see. You can be really affecting, and you can show them a light that changes them. Right. That would be that would be that would be teaching by personal example. That the fact that you are a part of their life puts things in a different perspective. Right. Changes how they see things. Right. Yeah. That doesn't require you to necessarily be engaged with them. Right. Yeah. A teacher. Right. Whose presence, whose personal example is the primary thing that they are um, giving to their students is really a, more of a dynamic of light. What would be a power dynamic in teaching? Wait, can you say that? If you have a teacher and the primary thing that they're doing is their presence has a positive effect on, on their student because it causes the students to see life differently. Yeah. That's what kind of thing? That's like right. like light. Now the students might change themselves, but but but, the, but all the students right, that they're saying, oh, that person, right, the way they live, the values they have, the way they conduct themselves, right, puts things in a different perspective. Okay, what would be a power dynamic? Teacher explaining something, trying like teacher force your students to change. That's a discipline. No, but when there's no there's no power, you cannot actually educate people with power. You can only discipline them with power. You can send them out of class. You can tell them to be quiet. You can do, for instance, what I've done. I've said, you know, we're going to do this. No, don't answer this other question. That's all power. That's me using power to make you do certain things. Now, again, how much, how much are you willing to cooperate with the fact that, you know, I'm using the authority as a teacher, right? You can use other forms. You can use threats of punishment, right? When does actual knowledge transfer take place? When the mind of the teacher and the mind of the student are intertwined with each other. 
Make sense? Yeah. And that requires the teacher to operate a little bit more like the student, and the student becomes a little bit more like Can you become part of something else in a way that that thing becomes part of you without losing yourself? Yes. No. No. Without losing yourself? You need to let go of yourself a little bit. Hmm? No. Knowledge is no. fire. You don't need to. You need to twine no, for instance. No, for in- no, no. I, I, no. It, it, I, I don't mean that you undergo no alteration at all. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is if in order to teach somebody something, I have to pretend to believe things I don't believe, pretend to value things I don't value, right? Then that's not really a good example, right? That's me just pretending, okay? Um, in other words, what life does is it creates a unity between two things, even though those two things are very, very different from each other. And do those differences get erased? No. No. The differences don't get erased, and yet they fuse into some kind of a whole. Now, not everything can enliven. Can this enliven? Can the picture... I'm not saying, is it 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 enlivened? That's everything. Can this picture take something of what itself and bring it into something else and fuse... Like, it just can't happen. That can't happen. No. Right. Can the body enliven, for that matter? Yeah. No, the body can't okay. enliven. The body is alive. Oh, so right, that's the, the enlivening, and this is what it means by animating, the word in Hebrew is mechaya, is it, it, it turns out that usually, in most of the examples that we give, I don't want to say this is always the case, is that one is the enlivening and one is what is being enlivened. So the body is being enlivened. It's by being enlivened and the soul is enlivening. What does that mean? The soul can become part of the body in a way that the body becomes part of the soul but the body still says it stays a thing of flesh, and the soul still says a thing that is not flesh. So that's life. And when they have that kind of an engagement, that's life. But who has the capacity to do that? The body or the soul? The soul. So the soul is the enlivener. The source of life. But here's the interesting thing, and this is what's interesting about life. If you are enlivening something, are you giving that thing something, or are you giving it yourself? Yourself, right? That, that, that's right. That, that's the idea of life is that, is that somehow you are able to become part of something else without losing yourself, stay authentic to what, who you are in a way that, that you actually join with it. And so it changes to become more like you. Now, not everything can enliven. Okay. You asked me, is a flower alive? Yes? So now I'm going to answer the question. Is a flower beautiful? Yeah. What's a flower made of? Seeds. Flowers made of dirt. Okay. <laughs> and water and sunlight and sunlight doesn't have enough That's what I was going to ask. It's not made out of that. It needs that. It needs that too. Really? If you put what to happens when the flower dies and decomposes? It turns into dirt. Dirt. So what is it made of? Dirt. Light, water, made of dirt. From That's right. Okay, now. Has the ability to reproduce. What? Forget <laughs> the ability to reproduce. Dirt is not beautiful. It's not. 
Nobody walks down the street, sees a clump of dirt, and even if they're the most sensitive person, feels that they've encountered beauty. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, because the dirt is not beautiful, right? But a flower, say a rose, for example, is beautiful. And so you might walk down the street and see a rose and be enchanted by its beauty, right? If you're not preoccupied with other stuff, right? So you may ask, from where did this beauty come from? Just like you may ask, where did those thoughts and memories and desires and capacity to heal come to this flesh, if flesh is something that merely decays? And we say, well, that's because the flesh is being enlivened, right? By the soul. The soul is sharing its qualities of being in some way with the flesh, right? The soul is, it has a quality of eternalness. And, so, and, it, and that you know, means that the body can kind of self-sustain itself. That's where you get things like, say, the um, ability to heal. Okay. So, you know who's beautiful? God. God is beautiful. God is beautiful. And um, where did the flower get its beauty from? So when you stop and see a flower and you're struck by its beauty, right? That's the little bit of the life of God in the flower. Now, here's the thing. Is the flower beautiful if it's decomposing? No, but it's also part of the shell. One second. Yes, right? so if you, now, we don't see the flower decomposing. It happens very slow. But if you, if, think about it. If you, if you watch like one of those sped up things, right? So imagine you see the flower growing, right? So it starts like not so beautiful. And then it grows and grows and it blossoms. And it's really beautiful. And it's beautiful and it's beautiful. And then it's like the beauty starts going away, right? Mm-hmm. So as the flower starts wilting, Right? There's a withdrawal of the beauty. Also, to that point, we say the flower is... Dying. That's right. So what happens when God withdraws himself from the flower? It dies. It dies. The beauty goes away, and eventually the, entire, the flower just reverts back to the dirt. And then it's dead. Dying, 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 dead. Good? Okay. Now, what does it mean, therefore, that something is the life of the world? That something is in life in the world. That the world is intertwined with the world such that the world is more than just the world. Right? When your soul is in your body, your flesh is not mere. Flesh, hence everyone's disturbed when I said the word flesh, right? In fact, the word body is already better because the word body implies that it's supposed to have a, it's supposed to be alive, it's supposed to be a soul, right? That's why I use the word flesh. So if there's the world for what the world is, right? Whatever that is. But if the world is alive, then the world is so much more than the world. The world is something, dare I say, divine. Yeah? Okay, so if you look in the world... And there's divinity in the world. There's godliness in the world. That's because the world is alive. If you look in the world 
and there's no godliness, one of two things, either the world is dead or you're blind to, 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 to divinity, to, to godliness, right? Okay, so now here's the question. Well, what is another characteristic of life? And now we're not going to contrast life with light. And we're not going to contrast life with power. We're going to contrast life with death. You're walking down the street and you see that beautiful rose. Right? What is its effect on you? It moves. What? It can move you. It moves. In which direction? Depends. Depends? Yeah. She doesn't like the so that goes back to what I was saying about the ability to see the beauty. <laughs> I see the beauty, I just don't like it. <laughs> then you don't see the beauty. Because they die. That's true. But I'm saying the beauty, when you see the beauty in the flower, what does that do to you? Not the... Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, and, it, and if, you, and if, that, and if you, that beauty was a greater sense of beauty, either the beauty was, was you were more sensitive to it or... It, or there's more beauty than you think there is in flowers. Either way, as the, as the degree of beauty is more, what is its effect on you? Happy. Happy? Use another word. I hate the word happy. It's too bland, too generic. Captivating. It's captivating. captivating. What else? Inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah. Okay. We we, we spend some time on that, right? Okay. Yeah. But the and and the fact that you don't like the flowers is because you have some wisdom and you can see into the future. And so you see the flower, not just in the moment, but you see the flower dying. dying. And as a result of that, you're moved in a different direction. What's the other direction? I don't want it. You don't want it, right? You're repulsed by it, right? It's undesirable, right? It's abhorrent. Uh So, so, So here's the thing. Here's the thing. So here's an interesting quality of life. Life is intrinsically desirable. In other words, if a person says, I do not desire life, they do not, they are, they are either saying, either one of two things is, either they are speaking purely subjectively about their experience of desire and objectively about life. Meaning, I do not feel desire for things that are objectively life. And that's because they don't subjectively sense the life in them. Or... What's the other possibility? Say, person says, I don't desire. That was the first thing I said, right? The other possibility is that they don't know the meanings of these words. Right? In other words, a person can say, I don't desire life. And what they mean is, yes, you are calling this thing life, but I don't see it as life, and therefore I don't desire it. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Or they just don't know what we mean by the words. So, yeah. People say, also, don't know the meaning of words. So, what does that tell us? What makes the world a desirable place? There's life. You don't want us to bring Beauty. religion. Right? No, no, you can bring religion um, now. But now, but see, now is we're not just quoting things. Do a de- make a no, no, no. What no, makes the, the fact that there's divinity and beauty. The, the, well, I use beauty as a standard because yeah, yeah. it's more relatable, right? The fact that there's godliness there. The godliness is what makes um, the world a desirable place. And, and what happens if there's no godliness in the world? Then it's, it's not alive. alive. It's, it's undesirable. It's undesirable. It's repulsive. One second. One second. Right. Okay. So now, maybe Klippa is like a flower. 
It's false design. It looks alive. It looks alive, but it's actually not. In other words, again, so here's the thing. God, God, God is desirable. God is, God is, let's use these definitions, yeah? Can we say that good is that which is that which should be desired such that if you don't desire it, there's something wrong with you? If you say something is good and you don't desire the, something that's good. Like no, whatever we can, if we can agree that something is good, now we don't agree about it, but if we were to all agree that something is good and then we say that person doesn't desire it, we would all think that there's something wrong with yeah, that person, yeah. right? So that's what we mean by good, right? That which should be desired. And if you don't desire it, there's something wrong with you. And we may debate which things should go in that category. Right? So God is good. Is there goodness in the world? Yeah. In as much as God enlivens the world. The goodness of the world is not intrinsic to the world. The goodness of the world is... What? Is intrinsic to God. It's going back to like the body and the soul. The body on its own is just rotting flesh. But the body's not rotting flesh because the soul is within it, right? The soul has given itself to the body in a way that it fuses with the body and the body becomes more like the soul, right? Mm -hmm. So why is there any goodness in the world? Because God. God is within the world in some sense. God enlivens the world, right? He doesn't just illuminate the world. He doesn't just use his power to create the world. He enlivens the world. Yes, this makes sense? Yes. Okay. Does God enliven the klipa? No. So then what is the klipa? Dead. Dead. So what is the... So therefore... If you saw the klipa for what it is, what would your reaction to it be? Impulsive. Repulsive, right? I mean, it's, it's disgusting, right? And if, and if God is enlivening something and you don't feel a desire towards that thing, there's, and, something, there's something wrong with you. Are we, are we and we're all talking about what existence? So, so therefore, so it makes sense when it says there is no life given to Klippa. That's right. But it is alive. In a... it, it, yeah, there's a very big difference between presenting yourself as alive mm-hmm. versus actually, actually, actually being alive, right? Are there people who make you feel like your life is better with them around but they're really just trying to take advantage of you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're presenting as one way when they are in fact something else, right? That's a separate discussion how the Klippa presents itself. But what is the Klippa? It is death. Death itself. Okay? Now, um, let's go back to, so is God's countenance the source of life and then that life animates the world? Or is it the source of life and the source of life is what's animating the world? Or is that kind of a silly question, actually? Right, because the thing is, life is not a thing. Life is... The capacity, again, that, uh, that some, some beings, in this case, namely God, has to share the goodness of their being with others so that others become, in some way, an embodiment and instantiation of their goodness, that they can be found within those other things. Like the soul to the body, God to the side of holiness. Yeah? Okay. Now, let's ask ourselves, why is God's countenance the source of life? His face. Does that make sense? Yeah, because we said that. Wait, God's countenance. Face. The way he interacts with the holy face. Face, face, face. Oh, 
because the back it's up. Oh! Well, we were just talking about just how, Let's go back so to marriage for a moment. How, how Let's go back for marriage. If you're going to have a marriage that's a life dynamic, right? Or teacher and students, a life dynamic. Um, where do we orient our faces? Towards each other, right? Yeah. Why? Because, how do you want to be present? Want to be present, right? The way we give life to others, right? On a very basic level, right? Is by being engaged with them, being present, right? And that happens through the face, right? And here's the thing. If, if, I'm, in, if I'm turning my face towards you, but I have a negative attitude towards you, then... Right then, then, then my face is not actually a conduit for me to come in, to come into engagement. What it's actually doing is becoming something that blocks, right? Right. So, um, one of the things that the Kohanim bless us is that Yar Shem Hashem should shine His face to you. Yeah? How right? If you're going to develop any kind of real closeness, teacher to student. Friends, marriage, right? Whatever it is, right? People need to show their face. That doesn't physically you put your faces towards each other, right? But also the face, right, is, as we said in the earlier classes, it's the front of the Ratsun, not the back of the Ratsun. It's, it, there's an element of desire, of positive engagement that comes through the face, right? And that's what creates that sense of togetherness between people, right? So if God, is, if God is speaking, showing his face to the angels, the angels are being enlivened by God. That makes sense? Yeah. But if God is speaking to the klipas and turning his back to them, then he's not enlivening them. is he using his power to create them? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's, answered, he's using his power to create them. He's speaking them into existence. Using power right. Right. He's using his power and it's motivated by his love of good because he loves good so, so much that, that he wants to create evil to destroy it and subject as we spoke in the previous class. But So that means that the, the sitrach or the klipa, these forces of evil, they're devoid of goodness. Now, I want to make that visceral for a moment. The flower was a good starting point, but let's go to something else. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a rock? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel repulsed by a rock? Like, Ooh, it's a rock. <laughs> no, no one feels like that. Have you ever seen a, a dead body? Yeah. No. Not even a human body. I'm not talking about food in the store where we like package it so you forget that it's part of a body. No, like in, no, it has to be in life. Yes. 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 Okay. Now let's extend that. Have you ever seen a human body? No. No. Yes. And. Why? Because it's, it's, it's devoid of life. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not simply something that, oh, there's no life in it. It's, there's that absence. There's a felt vacuum of life. Yeah. Okay, now, God is, right? God is good, right? Yeah. And is there any such thing as outside of God or beyond God? No. If God hides that fact and then speaks klipa into existence, what is klipa? It's like a hole where there should be something good. It's like the holes in the Swiss cheese. But just, you didn't realize that Swiss cheese has holes in it. So you're like, where's the cheese? There's supposed to be more cheese here. 
right? In other words, if you like had perfect clarity of a reality, right, and you encountered Klippa, what would it feel like you're encountering? A dead body, a corpse. Because it's not like, oh, there's something here and there's like not, not life. It's like there's, there's, there's a, a space where life should be. There's a space where God's goodness should be found and it's noticeably absent. Not just noticeably absent, there's something actively trying to keep it absent. That's like super repulsive, yeah? Make sense now? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a verse that says, What does mean? You shouldn't profane God's name. Right? This is the prohibition of Chil Hashem. Now, how, does anyone know how to say hollow in Hebrew? Hollow. Hollow. So there's a, I believe it's from the Maggid of Mizrich, the Baal of successor says that the prohibition is to make a void in God's holy name. That's what klipa is. It's an absence of God's goodness, of God's being, of God's life. Because God's life only comes into the created world through his countenance, through his face. And if he turns his back on something, yeah, God is speaking it into existence. And yes, in some ultimate sense, all there is is God, but that fact is hidden. And so what comes into being is something that is noticeably devoid of God. And so it's, it's it, and it, again, it's not just like, oh, there's no, it, it's not like a rock where you don't expect there to be life. And so when you sin, when you enhance the scope of klipa, what are you doing? You're making the void, you're making the vacuum bigger. And so in that sense, by the way, every sin would be a chilul Hashem, even if no one's watching. Now, would you want to marry a drug addict? No. No. Why not? Slave to other desires and his outcomes. So I'm not saying any of you are wrong. I just want to give you a slightly deeper perspective. Um, you don't want to marry a drug addict because you want to marry a person. And when, when a person is a drug addict, what happens to the humanity within them? It gets lost. And so you're actually marrying an empty shell of what used to be a person. And could once again become a person, but is not currently a person. Same idea, right? Which is why, by the way, and this is why I say this, is why I say is, there's a lot of problems that are associated with a drug addict, but we could come up with all sorts of creative solutions to solve that problem. Right? The, you know... The main problem is not that, right? You know, it's, it's like if I have an employee who's a drug addict, that's a technical problem because, you know, all sorts of things. But like, we could maybe solve those problems, right? But with marriage, where the idea is you actually want to be close to that person, there needs to be somewhat of a person there. And what happens if you keep, like, poking at the drug addict, like, who's in home, who's home? There's no one here. There's no one home. Now... <laughs> If you go deep enough, like obviously there's someone home, but, and, but that's a whole different discussion, right? You there's this gap of where there's supposed to be a person, right? And that's, 
that's the deeper problem above and beyond the fact that like they can end up like getting in trouble with the law and that they waste money on stupid stuff and you can't rely on them to watch the kids. Like those are all technical problems. You, you see what I'm saying? Okay. So we're getting a sense of what it means that Klippa is dead. It's, how does it put it? It is the abode of death and defilement. May God preserve us. <laughs> That's what the Tanya says. May God preserve us. Okay. So now we know something about Klippa. All right. Tomorrow we will talk about this idea of the supernal will being clothed or hovering from above. What that, what that, what that actually means. We'll, we'll talk about that and then we'll continue. I skipped over that part because there's so much you can do in one class.